Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, it's your boy, Spencer. Uh, I'm filling in for Brad tonight. Uh, he's feeling a little under the weather. So I'm going to hold down the fort. This is going to be a way short podcast. I don't know, maybe like 15 minutes long. I'm going to go over all of our NFL picks and then uh, just the Thursday night football game from what I saw. I just took my second to last final of my college career. Uh, and tomorrow I finished college, so I didn't have as much time to prep as I would have wanted to. Uh, but still, uh, we wanted to get something out there for you guys, especially to let you guys know how we did on our picks. I know a lot of you follow that. Um, but first things first, obviously, is going to be the Thursday night football game. Uh, the Ravens blew out, for the most part, the Cowboys 34-17. They had Lamar Jackson back. It's good for the Ravens that they didn't overlook necessarily, uh, you know, this um, team because the Cowboys are terrible. And we saw what happened with the Raiders when they overlooked, you know, the Falcons and then they just got absolutely burned. So they did that. But the real game, the real thing to look forward to, obviously, is going to be this game tomorrow or not tomorrow, next week when they play the Browns, who just came off a massive, massive victory uh, over the Titans, which I will, I will talk about in just a little bit. Uh, I, I'm not going to say their season is contingent on it. I did look forward in their schedule, which I will talk about now uh, just briefly. They play the Browns next week, like I said. That goes on to the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Bengals. So the Giants are – I know they just beat Seattle, but they are probably still going to be without Daniel Jones. They should win that game. The Jaguars, we know, are – a competitive football team, but definitely one that is going to be beaten. They only have one win this season. And then the Bengals, who just don't have their star rookie quarterback. They didn't play very well against the Dolphins, as a lot of people uh, suspected. I got killed by that half-point hook. Um, but I would say the 10 wins most likely puts them in the other wild card spot because uh, I think they're tied right now with the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but the advantage definitely goes to them. And I don't think the Colts are playing the easiest schedule uh, to finish out the season. We'll see what Lamar Jackson can do. I'm still not very impressed. He had that play where he ended up scrambling off to the side um, and he just threw a really bad pass. <laughs> Some One that a guy in the back of the end zone was wide open, you would expect him to make. Brian, how's it going? Uh, he did call the Washington-Pittsburgh game. He called it Moneyline. Uh, yeah, so we all sent, we all put in right for the $1,000 uh, I think he was talking about the first playoff game, maybe not the Washington game, uh, but still impressive victory for them. And I'll ha- I have a lot of thoughts on that uh, when it when will uh, come up, when that will come up. Just one thing, last thing I wanted to talk about in this game, and I I don't think you can see it. Maybe you can if you have your brightness up. I'm sorry I didn't use the greatest colors. I have my brightness up, and it looks like I can see it. 
Um, but this was the play that the Cowboys called on the one yard line. Uh, this keep in mind, this is the singular yard line. This was their play call. They're in the shotgun quarterback and to the right was Ezekiel Elliott and they have their three wide receivers wide. Now, to me, this makes absolutely no sense at all, uh, being that you're basically telling them we're not passing the ball and we're just trying to spread you out as thin as possible. Well, when you choreograph that, you're going to play man-to-man coverage on the right-hand side, which is exactly what the Ravens did, and then they end up stuffing the box. And they did that for three downs in a row versus hopefully this isn't it's going to take up probably the whole screen, but you guys can see it here. I made a little bit of a diagram. Um, why not start in this formation here? If you do want to run this formation and you're not going to be, they didn't, they wasted a lot of time. They were not in hurry up offense. Keep in mind, there was about five minutes left in the game. Why not start here? Andy Dalton calls the audible, the planned audible. The receiver swings around to the right-hand side and all the middle, the, the right-hand middle receiver has to do is step up and the two receivers step back. Then you go under the center uh, and then you have Ezekiel Elliott just run the ball up the middle in this kind of like pseudo eye formation. Uh, I think the benefits of this is the defense really does have to respect the pass finally in this position. And if you're calling this audible late in the clock, one of two things is either going to happen. They're going to force the left cornerback up to the offense's left. He's going to follow that receiver all the way around. You know they're playing man-to-man coverage. Well, if he doesn't stay, then you can then you can audible the run to the left-hand side because you know they're going to be weak. And the defense is going to be a little bit confused because it's so late in the, in the clock. That's just my analysis. I don't know. I know that's kind of random. That's just what I felt when I saw it. It just felt lazy for me uh, the way they were calling that play. Uh, the score at the time was a 17-point game, so they really should have been uh, in hurry-up offense, but they weren't. I'm just saying if that's if that's the philosophy they're going to go in with this weird set on the re- three receivers on the, on the right-hand side, why not call a play that actually may trick them if you're not just going to go full back in, run it down the middle? Um, ultimately, didn't matter. They weren't going to come back anyways. Even though they had the three timeouts, they were still down by three scores. And, of course, the next play, if you really did want to make them respect the pass, which they ended up doing, uh, they called a slant route for Amari Cooper right down the middle because I said they loaded the box. They were playing man-to-man coverage, um, and he ended up making an incredible catch. And then they tried to go for an onside kick. didn't work out. The Ravens ran the ball three times and like choreographed it. They were just trying to force the Cowboys to use all their timeouts, and they still couldn't stop them. But that's just been the story for the Cowboys this entire season, right? A team that really can't do anything right. Um, so those were my quick analysis, uh, my quick thoughts from what I did see. I just finished a final when I started to pick up the game. Uh, but now we're going to go into our NFL picks of the week. And we both had some pretty fantastic uh, weeks here between the two of us. Um, the first one uh, that came up with the Lions, I got a little bit of a little bit of luck. I thought this game was over for me when I was looking at the score. Uh, the, the Lions were down and there was like two minutes and 15 seconds left. I thought, no way. But anytime you have a guy like Mitchell Trubisky in in the game, you give yourself a chance or the other team gets a chance probably to go ahead and win it. And we've said all season long, we talked about quarterbacks that have the juice. We know Matthew Stafford's on that list. He's just never gotten a real opportunity to show that. And he went right down the field um, and he got that touchdown for them. And of course, the Bears were not going to be able to respond. I don't think Trubisky can have does have a game-winning drive in him. I think that's six rates losses for the Bears, who are, like I've been saying, free-falling. 
Uh, they are just missing a quarterback, and they're overpaying guys on defense. They have a lot to figure out this offseason. They're probably going to have to trade up to get another quarterback, and hopefully this time they can actually get a guy who can get them some wins next season to bring a little bit of a spark. I'm sure they would love to have something even remotely similar to what Justin Herbert is doing this season. Uh, we'll see. I'm not actually a huge fan of this uh, draft class coming up. I know everyone loves Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's not, I'm not his biggest fan in the world. I think he's a mobile Jay Cutler, uh, but we'll see if that hot take sit, uh, sits at all. Uh, I doubt it will. Not much to talk about. <laughs> he sure did. Bravo did call the Detroit Chicago game. Um, not much to talk about when it comes to the Bengals Dolphins. Uh, the Bengals are, have Brandon Allen as their quarterback. Uh, I guess the real conversation from this game would be to a tag of Iloa who has been so-so um, so far. They've been tremendously talented on defense this season, much better than I ever thought they were. Um, all Bravo picks are verified through last show. I, I watched it three times. Okay. I appreciate you keeping track because it's hard enough for me to do it uh, for myself and uh, um, uh, Brad. But uh, it was a 12-point game, and I think the Bengals were in the red zone at the end. I said they were going to get a garbage touchdown right at the end. It, don't, it doesn't look like they were able to get into the end zone, so I was so close to covering that one. Uh, but that's kind of all my thoughts. We'll have to see as the season develops what happens there uh, when it comes to Tua and whether or not if he does take him to the playoffs, what he's going to be able to do because they're already exceeding expectations uh, tremendously. Um, I was pretty much right about the Colts game. It wasn't exactly a blowout. I think it was a six-point game. Uh, but they're just a much better football team than the Texans. So, I don't know. I mean, Phillip Rivers is gonna is just one of the most highly protected quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the most protected guy. And when he has time, he's going to find people. I know he's infamous for these late uh, situation picks, but his defense is able to make sure he's not in those high-pressure situations. And I think there's been a lot of weight lifted off his shoulders. When he did play in San Diego, uh, I, I just remember growing up that we were always able to sack him. He was never really highly protected, and it frustrated him a lot. And I think that was a big reason why he threw so many interceptions. Uh, if I'm going to check the stats real quick to see what Philip Rivers had, I'm actually quite curious now. Uh, 285 yards, two touchdowns, 27 of 35 which is exactly what they need him to do. They can go pretty far in the playoffs, if I'm being honest with you. I see no reason why they can't beat any given team. Now they might struggle uh, to play a team like the Chiefs, so I kind of have to hope that they get knocked out. Uh, defensively, they'll be okay, uh, although you know the Chiefs are going to be scoring 28 points, and the Colts are good for about 26. That's what they had this week, uh, so that's where it is. For the Texans, I know they're a bad football team. <laughs> uh, they, I think the only reason they really were as competitive as they were because it was a division matchup. They have too much to figure out in the offseason. They're four and eight now. Obviously, their seasons is over. And <laughs> the game really ended on a crazy fumble. Uh, I think TY went over to console Deshaun Watson. And it's just sad to see that it really wasn't his fault, the fumble in the first place. But <laughs> the guy was like crying and stuff like that. I wish my quarterback uh, was as passionate about the, the game. A, a lot of guys just aren't. This guy puts his heart and soul into the team, and it really bums him out that they're not having a good season. Um, very rarely do you see a guy who gets the big contract, right, uh, end up playing almost to a higher standard to themselves. I, if you want to talk about a quick example, Dylan Brooks for the Memphis Grizzlies, 
played tremendously well. He was a second, or I think it was a second round pick from Oregon. He gets his decently sized contract where he makes like 12 million a year. And suddenly the guy can't shoot the ball at all. He's not trying as hard defensively, um, but that's the complete opposite of what you're getting. We know Watson is a franchise guy and hopefully they can get it together to get some use out of these, you know, someone who I think could be in the hall of fame one day to get those useful years out of them. So you're not wasting talent. Like you saw with a Matthew Stafford, who probably could have had a hall of fame career. This is a guy who uh, Matthew Stafford, who had multiple 5,000 yard seasons, which we haven't seen actually in quite some time. You would think that Patrick Mahomes would be that, but he's been missing some games and he, he isn't always a high yardage guy. Um, So that was that matchup. Uh, Moving on next, the Jaguars, The Vikings were very lucky. They still won five of six. A win's a win. Uh, But when it came to the spread, Brad and I knew. He thought the Jaguars were going to win. That's just because he's an angry fan, just like I am uh, with with the Oakland Raiders, with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think the game went into overtime and ended up going to a field goal. Uh, Jacksonville, um, I I guess you just have to be happy as a fan to be a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. You know you're going to be at the top. You know you're going to be in close contention for the first overall pick. Really what the hope is for them, being that they only have one win, is that the Jets stick with Sam Darnold and are going to sell that first overall pick. Now, the true disadvantage that going from two to one, you're not going to get as much value from a team that's probably jumping up from 10. They're going to have to trade up more. Uh, so the Jaguars are behind it a little bit. Depends on how much they believe in Ohio State's quarterback. I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, we would have to see. Um, I'm not a huge fan of him. I like what they're doing. They're building up their defense through all these really good defensive players. Um, CJ Henderson hasn't looked great this season, but he has shown a few spots. Uh, as long as he doesn't forget to tackle and that we're not playing college football where players down and that means down by contact, uh, I think he'll be okay. I believe they also got Chassian from LSU in the draft later in the first round. So they'll probably continue to do that. They're probably most likely going to take a quarterback unless they're the ones who take Sam Darnold. That would be uh, quite, then they could sell the second overall pick. I think that's what they should do. I don't think there's any marquee players going second overall past Trevor Lawrence that are worth taking. Um, And obviously somebody's going to want Ohio state's quarterback. Someone's going to trade up. There's a lot of quarterback vacancies, a lot of questions. So that's going to be quite valuable. And maybe they sit on it, wait till the season after, which is not something you ever want to sell your fans. But if they're going to be realistic, if they're going to be smart, you're not going to build a Super Bowl contending roster in one offseason, which is what the Detroit which is what the uh, Detroit Pistons tried to do this offseason by investing in a below average draft. Take it as it is. Take it one season at a time. And eventually you'll get the product on the field that you want. Uh, just takes a tremendous amount of patience. Uh, the next game I'm obviously going to have quite a few thoughts on being that I am a Raiders fan. It, it is the Jets and Raiders. The Jets did find a way to lose that game. I uh, I will admit I'm a bad fan. I missed the last play. Um, I was I went to go take a walk. I was quite steamed after the failed fourth down attempt after getting multiple pass interference attempts. One of them, I think, was a little bit sketchy um, and they just couldn't get it done. Uh, they ended up getting the punt, getting the ball back. And for whatever reason, the defensive coordinator for the Jets decided to call an all out blitz, uh, leaving one on one coverage with the, probably the second fastest player in the NFL, Henry Ruggs. And it didn't even look like he was going full stride. It looks like Derek Carner threw him just ever so slightly. Uh, but he slowed down quite easily enough to just grab that and go for the touchdown. So the big burning question from this game, honestly, for me, is did they do it on purpose? 
Whew, gosh, that's a pretty loaded question. I'm going to say, <laughs> I know this is a hot take. I, I knew <laughs> the Jets uh, were probably going to win that game. They should have. They ran three deep. It would have been the easiest victory for the Jets. There's no way. There's no player on, uh, on the Raiders, and they know that, who can catch a Hail Mary pass like DeAndre Hopkins. It's just not on the roster. Um, I, I really do think they did that on purpose. Now, I don't think they said don't cover Henry Ruggs. I, I do legitimately think the guy got burned. But coordinators can put their teams in positions to either win or lose football games. And when you do something like that, it sure looks a little bit suspicious. I don't know where that call comes from. Maybe that's something to discuss for the, before the game. Uh, a lot of people seem to think he's just that bad of a coordinator. I refuse to believe something like that. <laughs> There's no way in the world for me that a guy uh, makes a decision. Uh, if you ask me, I mean, you, you play even a guy who plays Madden knows you run three deep uh, in that situation. But for the rest of the game, uh, a few frustrating things for sure. I mean, Derek Carr uh, only looks at <laughs> Darren Waller like every play, and to an extent he was just forcing it. Uh, Henry Ruggs, to that point, was having a horrific game before that catch. Uh, he was resulted in the interception. It bounced right off his hands. He also has the fumble in their own territory. So how am I supposed to feel about Henry Ruggs now? I feel like everyone's going to point at me and say, ha-ha, look, I told you uh, Henry Ruggs is that good. It was worth the draft pick. If you look at the whole game, yes, he did win it. Yes, he's probably the only receiver on the roster who could have made a play like that at the end of the game. But that's what you're getting with him, right? You're just getting someone who's just okay. If he had caught those other passes, would they probably be up by two more touchdowns? And that Hail Mary doesn't even happen because the Raiders won that football game. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. It's so weird. Um, but the Raiders obviously now are still technically in playoff position. Uh, all the New York radio says they did not. Oh, I see that Brian Bravo, but uh, I don't know. I refuse to believe it as a, personally, just because I, the game was over. Um, but looking forward uh, for the Raiders schedule, it's not an easy one. I'll pull it up right now and I'll just give you my quick thoughts on the rest of their schedule coming up, looking into the playoffs and they're going to have a tough fight to play the Colts next week. I personally believe they're going to get blown out of the water. I don't see any way. Uh, first of all, a team that does have zero pass rush for the most part, uh, they were able to get the Sam Darnold, but they have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Um, and we know, I just talked about Phillip Rivers as one of the most protected. So I could see that as a loss. The Chargers, they should definitely win, although they barely won on their ma last matchup. Divisional matchups are always weird. But let's say they win for all intents and purposes. Okay, well, that puts them at uh, eight wins. Okay, they're at eight and six. Then they play the Dolphins. The Dolphins just look like a more comprehensive team, in my opinion. I really do think that's a loss. Uh, so that's eight and seven. And then they play the Broncos, the same exact situation that were last year, where they can either go eight and eight. And this time, uh, they can actually improve their record and go to nine wins. But unfortunately, nine wins isn't going to put them in the playoffs. So they're just get, they're going to have to beat either the Colts or the Dolphins. I just don't feel like they can do that now. And if they do get to that 10-win mark, they better hope that the Colts start losing football games uh, because if they end up in a tiebreaker and I think they're going to get blown out, that's going to put see them on the wrong side of the wild card spot and they're not going to make it. Uh, hopefully they prove me wrong. I've just seen that the Raiders, every time they've played good talent this season, like the Buccaneers, it's not even close and get blown out by the Falcons and then to barely beat uh, the worst team in the league is probably not the greatest sign in the world looking forward. Uh, on to the next matchup here. Uh, it was the Saints and Falcons. It pretty much went how I wanted it, uh, how, not how I wanted it to be, how I predicted it to be. You have a guy like Taysom Hill who is doing okay. 
they they've modified the playbook. Sorry if I cut out. Uh, my Wi-Fi just isn't great, but um, the the playbook seems a lot simpler. They're allowing him to run the football. It's very very difficult. I think that is one of the um, best things. We, we you want to talk about one of the best coaches in the league. Peyton is definitely one of them. Uh, he's allowing this guy to pick up first downs on his legs. Something that I mean. That's not in the playbook for Drew Brees. There's no way. These, they're coming up with plays every single week, and it's being successful. Is it the greatest thing in the world? Are they going to um, beat some of the best teams in the playoffs without Drew Brees? No, that's not true. But for what it is right now in the regular season, um, it's it's uh, it works for them, and they were able to cover the spread quite easily. And also, uh, like I predicted, the uh, Saints defense is playing extremely well. They they do have a very good defense. That game against the Raiders, I think, was a total fluke. In the beginning of the season, especially without a preseason, you're gonna you were gonna see a lot of performances like that. They always play well against the Falcons, and that's what the uh, the game came out to. It was a 21-16 end uh, to that. Uh, the surprise game of the week, I guess the next two you can technically label that, although I would label this one a little bit more of a surprise, was the Browns and Titans game. Not only did they cover the five and a half point spread, uh, they it's not it's almost wrong to say blew out. There was a lot of garbage time points, uh, but for the first half, I think uh, Baker Mayfield had four touchdowns. Uh, they scored on their first six possessions. I think it was five touchdowns and one field goal. Uh so, yes, Baker Mayfield had his big coming out party against a good team that they no one expected. Everyone always has very low expectations for them, uh, but they were able to do something quite spectacular here. Should that legitimize them in the playoffs now? I don't know. I mean, we've never seen this out of them, and we know it's in them, and they coached a very well good game. But what really concerns me, to be honest with you, is they've done this twice this season. You have the Cowboys game. And then you have this game where they have the big lead. And at the end, it's a little closer than you would probably imagine it should be. So what are we supposed to like in the playoffs? You're not going to go up by four touchdowns. It's just not going to happen. If you're up by one touchdown, are the Browns going to be able to hold that lead? And it gets a lot tighter in the playoffs. I just don't know. It just seems like they get so lackadaisical at the end of football games. That's just Oh, I don't know. They're nine and three now. I'm not going to believe in them just yet. I have to see a more complete game out of them. Yeah, some of these games were really uh, tough, but I was able to get back on track this week. Luckily, I was doing terrible, and I think I only had three uh, missed calls this week. Um, so we'll have to see what comes out of the Browns. The Browns, let's see who they end their season with, and I'll project forward for that while I have a chance. Uh, they play the Ravens, like I just talked about, the Giants, Jets, and Steelers. If they can beat the Steelers in the last week going into the playoffs, I will tell you right now I'm a believer. I don't believe they have a chance to win the Super Bowl by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think that they could go past the first round of the wild card spot uh, because they haven't been able to go over that hump, and they know they're going to have to face them in the playoffs if they want to do anything. Baker Mayfield had a big week this week, but he's going to have to do it against a divisional opponent in a tough environment. It's at home. There's no excuses. They have to win that game. The next one was the most bizarre thing I think I've ever seen, and that was the Colt McCoy. He must have heard the podcast. He heard my cries. He told he heard me call him an absolute piece of garbage, and somehow, some way. This New York Giants football team who is still in the playoff discussion after a big win against the Seahawks that absolutely nobody predicted. 
they get this win against them. Uh, the first thing I'll talk about in this game is that Russell Wilson is now officially out of the MVP race. You can't take a loss like that uh, against the Giants football team when you're looking to make a statement. That's just going to go straight to the minds of the people voting. And when you see teams like the Chiefs keep winning football games, you're probably going to see Pat Mahomes win the MVP award for the season. Uh, I wasn't able to watch this game, so I can't really explain it. But the Giants have a comprehensive defensive unit they continue to be successful. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, there, it's just a collision course between the Redskins and Giants, the two teams that no one in the world thought they would be able to win the football game. Uh, so what are you going to do? Uh, moving forward, let's see who the Giants face. I mean, all, all that matters for them is winning the division, obviously. I don't think they've played all of their divisional matchup yet. They're five and seven. Play the Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, and Cowboys. Uh, so unfortunately for them, uh, they are playing three playoff contenders or three playoff teams in a row. I know they just beat the Seahawks, but that is so much to ask. That's so much to ask of Colt McCoy uh, here at the end of the season. I don't see that happening. Um, when, the, when we go to the Redskins, I will talk about the end of it. Brian Bravo, you absolutely called it. I should never talk bad about Texas quarterbacks ever again. Uh, there's nothing I can do about that. Uh, the next game here uh, was that Rams game. We both went for the Rams, uh, Brian and I. <laughs> Use the baby Yoda force. I don't know what that means. Um, but it, it is a two and a half point spread. It was a little weird to me. Uh, we know how inconsistent these teams are. But it really, for me, came down to exactly what I said on Tuesday. And that is that the Rams are just a more serious football team than the Cardinals. The Cardinals are just out there having fun. They have no objectives to win playoff games. And the Rams want to go back to the Super Bowl 100%. Uh, Jared Goff is not the greatest quarterback in the world, but he is a game manager. And when everything's clicking, because they we know they have a solid defense, we know they have a very good run game. And the better the run game is, the better the play action and they're going to be able to put points up on the board. And the fact um, they do seem to have that veteran presence because if I'm not mistaken, they went down early in this football game. They didn't panic. They didn't abandon the run game like you see so many teams do. And they cut. They got back on the field and they were able to win um, 38 to 28. So they had their game plan going into it. They stuck to it. That's really good on them. Uh, Sean McVay is a very good coach. Um, and it's just Cliff Kingsbury is going to have to learn. He's going to have to put a lot of more effort into that defense going into the offseason, and he's going to have to change the tone in that locker room. I don't know how that happens. I guess that comes from Kyler Murray, who doesn't really seem like a vocal leader. He kind of seems like he leads DeAndre Hopkins, but you really want the main focus of your team to be on that quarterback position. So I know I seem to be placing too much responsibility on a second-year uh, quarterback. Going into year three, he's going to have to take another step forward and um, – less on the playing field because he already is playing very well more in the locker room we'll see how that transpires um the next slate of games here the green bay packers look you got an eagles team who did end up putting in jalen hurts um gosh man i mean they talk about a team that just can't get anything together Hertz doesn't even look that great. I wasn't a fan of his projecting into the NFL. Uh, he will most likely be the starter going into next week. I don't know. I haven't heard any news about that. Uh, but uh, the scary part of this game going into it is that the Packers are very inconsistent. But I kept saying it, and I think 
being right three out of four times about this, uh, about the Packers being able to blow out bad teams, I feel like is worth it at the end of the day. Um, so I, instead of just trying to guess and when they're going to be inconsistent, uh, I knew they were going to be able to put up points. And what were the Eagles ever going to be able to do? This was a 30 to 16 game. Aaron Rodgers looked like Aaron Rodgers. Look, the Eagles, unfortunately for them, they can't pack it up. They do have to go on the field and actually play these football games. Uh, but it's just gonna they're gonna be dragging their feet till the end of the season. I think their owner has stated that he is not going to the football games. <laughs> so uh Peterson, the real question is whether Peterson or Carson Wentz goes first. Do you fire a Super Bowl winning coach before a quarterback who doesn't look good? Or is it everybody else's fault? Uh Maybe they go at the same time, but it doesn't seem like you can rely that much on Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to say Peterson goes before Carson wins, and they're going to try to shore up the offensive line. That should be their number one uh, priority going into the offseason. I'm sure they will try to address that either through the draft or free agency. But this is a proud franchise, and we know that uh, they're going to try to fix things very fast and in my prediction, they're going to try to accelerate things too quickly and end up shooting themselves in the foot. On to the Packers. They still are the favorites in the NFC for me. Um, I mean, that what I just Drew Brees in the playoffs right now. I know he has a Super Bowl ring. Uh, I just, when I saw that Vikings game, it really does worry me. And we know Aaron Rodgers is that much higher than Drew Brees right now. The Buccaneers do look wildly inconsistent, although they could be another team to do that. The Packers just, I feel like, haven't played enough good competition. Let's see if they play anything that can get them in playoff mode, at least, uh, to finish out their season. They play the Lions, Panthers, Titans, and Bears. That Titans game is going to be circled on their calendar. If they don't look great there, I have a lot of questions, uh, and I would actually favor the Buccaneers to represent the um, NFC in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, Hal, that's a great point. I, I would say over-unders. Brian Bravo loves calling the score. I, I can never do that. I'm horrible at it. I always stay away. I either go money line or tickets on the spread. I just realized that this graphic is incorrect. The Chargers uh, was a pick'em game, but obviously one of the teams did cover, uh, and that would be the Patriots who absolutely demolished the Chargers. I said that the Chargers would put up 31 points in this game. They put up a goose egg, zero points. Uh, I don't know how that happens. It's my fault, right, for putting expectations on the Chargers to actually do something to be impressive. Uh, I thought that they would gain a little bit of momentum. They had beaten the Jaguars by a bunch of points. But the Patriots, really now, because I don't think – it's just going to be too hard mathematically for them to make the playoffs unless it gets expanded to four spots and they have to cancel a game. This season has been, I guess, disappointing would probably be the best way to go about it. I almost want to say that Cam Newton, he's played okay for sure. Um, Getting COVID may have truly affected him for weeks after he gets back. Now, you may test negative, but we know there are long-term effects. We just say guys get COVID and they come back because we're like, oh, they're professional athletes and nothing bad can ever happen to them. When we know very well, it's true that there could be um, things going on. And maybe it took him a couple of weeks after to recover. Uh, but they are at sitting at 6-6 six and six right now. They'd have to win out to give themselves a chance. Uh, they do own the tiebreaker over the Raiders. But I don't think the Raiders are even going to be in that conversation. And if you're the Chargers, it's just wait until the end of the season. Fire Anthony Lynn. 
because you're not going to want to put an interim coach in at the last two games of the season. You're putting a, a lot of pressure on him. He's not going to look impressive. You, you want to give them probably at least five weeks, uh, which is what the Lions did. I would say that's the deadline. I know there's no official deadline for cutting off your coach or firing him and putting an interim, but I would say that's probably where uh, I would draw the line personally if I was running a franchise. The Patriots, uh, to win out, they would have to beat – the Rams, Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. So that's absolutely not going to happen. Uh, they could win two of those games. I'm not going to say three. They could win two of those games for sure. I don't know what they're going to be, uh, but that's just not going to do it. Eight and eight's not going to put you in the playoffs. Um, but going on to the next one, I kind of called this one. Uh, I didn't think the Broncos were going to win at all. I think it was too much of a stretch. I don't think they have the talent or the wherewithal to do so. But they did have Drew Locke back. It is a divisional game. They did get absolutely massacred in their first matchup. Divisional opponents, you do not want that to happen. The only time I think that's ever happened was last year uh, with the Raiders playing the Chiefs when they gave up like 21 points in the second quarter or the third quarter. Uh, but it's a it's a thing about pride. These guys hate losing to divisional opponents. It's it's That's one of the cool things because in the NBA, that's just a lost art for the most part. Nobody cares about divisions anymore. They're probably going to get rid of them someday. But in here, they still mean something uh, and that's what the result of the game was. I think it ended up being a 10-point game. It was still entertaining, though, for sure. Drew Locke has uh, a lot of developing to do uh, when it comes to being a quarterback. He kind of just like leads with his eyes, caused some bad interceptions. So we know he has the arm. It's just the IQ that he has to work on. And I think it is something that if you look up on enough tape, uh, it's way harder to teach someone the talent, the arm strength, uh, than it is to get them smarter on the football field. Uh, going on to the last couple games here before we wrap up the podcast, uh, it is the uh, Buffalo Bills, the most bizarre line of the season for me. I know the 49ers are a decent football team, but the Bills are a very good football team who are looking to solidify themselves as a chance to represent the AFC uh, in the Super Bowl. They, uh, I believe it was a blowout. I'm not sure how close it was for the entire game, but it was 34 to 24 at the end. Uh, they put up 17 points in the second quarter to take uh, a two score lead. And then they were able to extend that in the third. I was actually quite impressed that the 49ers were able to put up uh, as many points as they did against the Bills. Uh, but still, there's no way in the world it should have been a pick em. And that's just kind of my basic thoughts uh, into that. And the last but certainly not least, Brad 100% called it the Washington football team beat the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers money line. Um, this is, I said it, this is concerning for if you're a Steelers fan. I, of course, don't care about the Steelers, but if you play this, the best secondary in the league and you have the interception that doesn't look good, your offense doesn't look that great. Uh, and Alex Smith played a Alex Smith game. I know he had those bad interceptions in the season, but somehow this guy is just gaining momentum and uh, looking closer and closer to where he was. He has the experience of taking a team to the playoffs. It's very cool to see. It's very inspiring. Uh, and I think the Redskins, I said I was going to um, see what they had going on at the end of the season to see what their chances were, although they may only have to win a couple of games because the Giants have such a tough schedule. They play the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Panthers, and the Eagles. So the Eagles game, you got to expect them to win, especially in week 17. There's going to be uh, the Eagles. I'd be surprised if they take the field and don't concede. The Panthers is going to be a game that they're going to have to try to win. Um, we know they're how competitive they can be. Um, 
but they, that's a definitely winnable game. The Seahawks just lost to Colt McCoy. So uh, if you have that much of a comprehensive team, they look beatable. And the 49ers, we know, just are kind of up and down with this little makeshift roster that they're trying to drag to the end, the finish line. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do they think this is the end of the Steelers? No, not necessarily, but they're going to have to get something together. Their offense, uh, they haven't had much of a run game this entire season. So if they play a stout defense um, going into it, now I think they would have the advantage against the Chiefs, whose defense doesn't look that good at all. But when you play a team like the Titans, who I know they beat, I think it's not going to be the same as it was in the first time, especially what we saw at the end of that game when they kind of figured it out. It would be very tough for the Steelers to beat them twice. Um, so they're going to have to do something uh, if they want a chance to make the Super Bowl because they're going to be facing some tough competition, especially when it comes to the wild card spot. I'm sure they'd be very happy to play the Browns to give them that first win because they always seem to own them. Uh, but when it comes to the second round and beyond, they're going to have to find a way to put some points on the board because they know their defense is going to play well. Uh, but if their offense is as stagnant as it was um, yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday, uh, they're gonna. there's going to be a lot of issues there. Um, but that's basically what I had planned for today. I know it's a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, like I said, I just took my second, the last final. I finished college tomorrow. So unfortunately, I, I didn't have as much time to prep. Uh, but I did want to go over the slate of games to let you guys know how we did. Uh, Brad and I had a very good week to end the season. And hopefully we can continue that momentum moving forward on Thursday. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who was in the chat today. I really appreciate your support. Uh, you can catch me on Fridays for Delivering Sports. Uh, that is my sports talk show. I'm on KSHP 1400. <laughs> Sorry about that, Brian. Uh, thank you for joining in and uh, letting us know how your picks were last week. That is, uh, I did forget them. Um, and other than that, you can check me out on YouTube, Blue Moke Boys Gaming. And if you want to check out this podcast specifically, uh, you just have to look up Landry Football Conference Call uh, anywhere you listen to a podcast and you'll be able to find it. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Brad the Believer. And I am at Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight, guys. And we'll see you on Thursday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.